Hello everyone, how's it going? This is Julio speaking. Welcome back to the Case Interview Podcast. You're about to listen to Bruno and I trying to answer a question that we've been asking ourselves for a long time. The question is, if Case in Point is so unhelpful, why do so many people still use it? Just a bit of context so you're not lost. This clip is an excerpt from episode number 13, which is called The Case in Point Curse, where Bruno and I discussed the wrong beliefs and misconceptions that Case in Point plants in the minds of candidates who read it. All right, now let's go on and listen to the episode. Let me ask you something. Yeah. Your opinion. Okay. So it seems like this Case in Point book misleads candidates, doesn't yeah. really help, and people have been using it for a long time. Mm-hmm. How so? Why are people still using it? Mm. What do you think? A few reasons come to mind, okay? So the first one is that career centers recommend the book yeah. highly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't exactly know why. I've never been a career counselor, at least not in a university, right, with the job title and, and everything. But I, I have a few hypotheses. One is that it is the oldest book. It is the first book that tackled case interviews and It's considered the Bible because of that, especially by career advisors. Yeah. And they like to be safe, right? They like to recommend the most famous book on the topic. Yeah, kind of like that saying, no one ever gets fired for buying IBM stock. Yeah, or for buying IT stuff from IBM. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of that saying. So they, they recommend case in points and no, no one can tell that them that they're wrong because everyone else is recommending it. Yeah. And I think it helps that uh, Cosentino, the author, is an academic. He is a career counselor. Or he was a career counselor at Harvard. Mm-hmm. So he's an academic from a very prestigious university. However, he was never a consultant at these firms. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how he created his ideas. I think his version of the story is that He created those ideas from uh, helping uh, candidates. But it's really hard to understand what consultants are testing in case interviews if you've never worked in consulting in that specific context at yeah. these firms. Maybe he works in consulting in his own practice. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to understand how people at these firms think if you've never been there. Yeah, And if you think like an academic because you are an academic, you're kind of like thinking as uh, things like tests mm-hmm. and you basically have to have the right answer because yeah. that's kind of how, like how tests in school work. Yeah. So I think it makes sense that the book is like that, but I think career counselors are recommending the book because the guy is an academic from a prestigious university. The book is really old. It's mm-hmm. really uh, traditional in this sense. And I think it's hard to... It's kind of like the safe choice. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think you, you always speak about this survivorship bias point, right? You, yeah. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So I think there's not only academic career counselors are recommending it. Mm-hmm. I think consultants are recommending it as well. And it's funny that they would recommend something that doesn't work, but it does happen. Because if you think that in the past, everyone was using case in point, yeah. and that's close to the truth. Like nearly everyone at least was using it. Yeah. Even today, so, I yeah, think even most today. people start from that book because they want to start from a book 
Mm-hmm. That's what most candidates want. Uh, yeah. Some of them start from YouTube and that's great. But a lot of people want to start from a book and then they ask what books are there and they're basically yeah. case in point and Victor Chang's one, right? And if you think about it, if everyone used case in point, the ones who got in and the ones who didn't get in, mm-hmm. and you ask the people who got in what did they do to prepare, they're going to say, I used case in point. Right. Or if, if you ask them, what should I do to prepare? Yeah. If they don't want to think too hard about it, because mm-hmm. you and I have been thinking about what should people do to prepare for like five years, because that's our job to help yeah. candidates prepare. But if you ask a consultant or even an ex-consultant and they're busy minding their lives and, and work and ask them, what should I do to prepare? Usually they're not going to think through what would I do if I were to start again, because that's a hard question to answer. Yeah. They're going to use as a proxy, what have I done to prepare? And Mm -hmm. for most people, the first thing they did was to use case in point. Yeah. I think there are other factors at play as well that make this book live for so long, even though it's not helpful. One of them is the assumptions that the book whispers are super comfortable. Mm. They make you feel safe. Like, if you believe that you can make all those assumptions that the solutions in the book makes, it feels like you can never be caught in a tough case because you can just assumption your way out of it. Yeah. And turn it into an easy case. Yeah. And if you believe that every case can be solved if you only memorize the right framework, uh-huh. you've turned a complex problem, which is being able to solve cases or learning problem solving into a simple compliance problem, which is just memorize all frameworks possible. Which most people who go to interviews at these firms excel at because they are studying or have studied at top universities. Yeah. Part of being successful in the educational system is to be able to memorize these kinds of things, right? Yeah, exactly. So it turns an uncomfortable test, which is a case interview where the interviewer can ask you basically anything yeah. and they want to see how you think into the kind of test that you're used to, you've always been doing and you've always been successful at. Yeah, and I think another factor at play here is some people go into these interviews and they don't know anyone else who's going through these interviews, but most people go into these interviews and they have a bunch of friends doing that as well. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, but no one wants to do worse than their friends. Like You may be okay getting rejected, but if you get rejected and your friends get triple offers, it, it hurts a bit more, right? Yeah. And so you look to your side and see what they're doing. And most of them are reading Case in Point or have read Case in Point because of the reasons we've mentioned. Yeah. And so you don't want to risk not having used that resource, you know, just because... Maybe there's something valuable in there. Everyone's doing it. Yeah, it makes sense. Now, there's still an objection to me. Like, I get why everyone would recommend. I get why everyone would want to use. But why don't the candidates catch it? Why don't they look at these solutions and say, oh, this is crappy? And I think there are two reasons, two main reasons for that. There might be others. But I think one of them is the cases selected by case in point in there will fit their frameworks. Yeah. So it looks like it's working. Yeah, And when candidates are doing their mock interviews, they're doing mock interviews with naive interviewers, which are other candidates who haven't, maybe haven't been interviewed before or 
have been interviewed just a couple of times. Mm -hmm. So they're not really good interviewers. Mm -hmm. And they're picking cases from casebooks, which are usually way too simple uh, to actually be in a real McKinsey interview, for example. That's an interesting nuance. So trying to rephrase what you said, if you use what you've learned in case in point when doing mock interviews with other people who have also read case in point, they're going to nod in agreement Yes, and say, well, very good job. You did just what the book said. But if you use that in a real interview, it's probably not going to work. But exactly. it's too late. Which is exactly what happened to Alex, our student. He would do a ton of mock interviews and he would be super successful in them. It was super frustrating with him to do coaching with us because that framework that was working again and again and again with his friends suddenly didn't work in any case with yeah. us. And that's why it was super frustrating. I think there's another nuance that is interesting, which is if you ask other candidates, what do they think about case in point or even current consultants? Some of them are going to say it's, it's a good book. It's a good resource. Others will say it's outdated. Mm -hmm. which I think is the polite version of saying you shouldn't use this, but the book is very authoritative and it is still the Bible, but it's outdated. Yeah, right? so I'm not going to put myself on the line here and bash it. Yeah. But my real opinion is that don't use it. Yeah, no, I, I won't be polite in this sense because I don't think the book is outdated at mm -hmm. all. I think it was never good. Oh, I get it. Yeah. So let me talk through this for a bit. If you read through the book with the lens of is this how consultants work and solve problems, you're going to say this reflects nothing like, it has nothing to do with how consultants solve problems. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the real purpose of a case interview is to see if you're fit to work with real consultants and solve problems with them. Yeah. Like they do. So the book teaches you a skill set that has nothing to do with what's being tested. And consultants haven't changed that much how they work. Yeah. So it's not like the book used to reflect how consultants used to work and now it doesn't, which mm -hmm. would be my definition of outdated. It's just the book was never an accurate picture of how consultants solve problems, how they solve cases. So it was never good. Yeah. However, when it was the only resource you could use, like 25 years ago or so, mm -hmm. maybe it was better than nothing, you know? Yeah. Like if you know nothing about love, maybe watching some Disney movies will help you be better at love. I don't know. Yeah. Even though it doesn't reflect reality, you know? Mm -hmm. And nothing against Disney yeah, movies. But, but yeah, if you know nothing about romantic relationships and you watch a Disney movie... At least you will learn that there are monogamous relationships. Yeah, I should hold my hands together and be cute and whatever. Yeah, know? yeah, which is better <laughs> than nothing if you're thinking of it from an alien standpoint yeah. of knowing absolutely nothing. Yeah, exactly. So maybe the book was helpful, even though I think it was never good in the sense of being an accurate picture of what you should do in a case interview and why. So I just right. wanted to take this aside because... Some people will be like, oh, this book is outdated. And I think it's a polite way of saying it's not good. Yeah. Maybe people want to be polite. I have nothing to, to gain being that polite. I'd rather speak the truth as I perceive it. 
Thank you for listening to the Case Interview Podcast. If you want to get more insights into how to prepare like the best candidates and increase your chances of getting your dream offer, you can listen to our entire back catalog starting from episode one. In fact, some of our best episodes are the ones we recorded earlier on. And if you want to go deeper and learn our best case solving techniques, we welcome you to join our free course called Case Interview Fundamentals. And you can get instant access to it at craftingcases.com course. Now, I hope to see you in the next episode or in one of the previous ones. <laughs>